it's something I kind of dream about when I'm not here outside of the herbs. I mean, the herbs bring me back, but the tacos keep me here. He dreams of tacos. listening to so much pingle the podcast about herpetology field herping and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles join us each week as mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet and now bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone here's your host mike pingleton Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. And here we go with episode 22. It's good to talk with you all again. As Charlie Brown says, another Halloween has come and gone, and I hope you all remain safe and healthy. You're not eating too much candy. And we started this show with another intro from Mr. Sean Vaught, just to give you a taste of what's going to happen in this episode. But before we get to our guest, here's a Jargon Project update. I'm going to wrap this up in the next two weeks with the goal of putting out a show sometime in late November. And I'll be bringing on a couple guests to help me cover the material. And I have a tidy little pile of it, but if you've got some jargon you want included in a show, you're down to your last two weeks. So send me a PM or get some uh, uh, email to me from to the show address, which is so muchpingle at gmail.com. So get on it, folks. Now, I keep my portable recording equipment in one of those soft tool bags that you can get at the hardware store. And I have a pretty simple traveling kit. I've got a Zoom HN4 recorder and a couple of Shure microphones and some cables and mic stands. And it all fits nicely in the bag. And I can bring it on the plane and stick it under the seat. So if you see me in the airport or getting out of a car with my green tool bag, chances are I'm going to ask you to talk with me at some point. And I took my gear to southern Baja, Mexico this past September, and I recorded a lot of material, including the Vaught family, which was our last episode. And I want to say thanks to everyone on the trip for humoring me and giving me a small chunk of their time and attention. And this show also comes out what what I call the Baja Sessions. And I've been wanting to put together a show about Mexico for some time now. And it was the perfect opportunity to talk with some folks that have had a lot of experience herping there. And also a couple of people who were in Mexico for the first time. Now, my first visit was in 2011, and I went with a small group to the Alamos area, which is in southern Sonora, close to the border with the state of Sinaloa. And Alamos is a tourist town, and it's a big destination for birders and for herpers as well. And it's about a full day's drive south of the Arizona border. I had been wanting to visit Alamos for a long time. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, my friend Jeff Morbeck would tell me about his experiences in that area, which uh, Alamos is right where the Sonoran Desert and tropical deciduous forest habitat come together. And Jeff had some really cool photos of beaded lizards and creepos and other critters, and it just whetted my appetite. And so when I got to Alamos, it was everything Jeff said it was and and more. Uh, we stayed in a hotel on the edge of town, and which itself was loaded with herbs. There were coral snakes and Mexican tree frogs and boa constrictors and thorn scrub tortoises right on the property. And needless to say, I was blown away. And 
I've been heading south of the border every year since, and sometimes twice a year. And of course, as you might expect, uh, prior to my first Mexico trip, I was pretty nervous about it. I mean, the media does a great job of scaring people about, you know, drug cartels and violence, and that gets all the attention. Uh, and of course, the cartels are no joke, don't get me wrong. But you never hear that the fact that there are a lot of places to go in Mexico that are really safe and, and great places to travel. And it's not that difficult to go to those places. So the main thrust of our little roundtable discussion is why Mexico is awesome and why you should go. And I think it's good to hear those things from folks who have been there. And I hope you enjoy the episode. And if it seems like there's a lot of attention paid to tacos, well, Baja Sur is definitely the place to go for them. So let's get to it. Well, hello, everyone. I am speaking to you from Cabo San Lucas in the southern tip of Baja Sur, Mexico. And I am privileged to be sitting at a table at a small hotel in the Centro District. And I have a, an incredible array of herpers around this table with me. Uh, we're out in the courtyard and we've arranged with the hotel staff to turn off the pool's waterfall so we can get this recording done. And so before we get started on this, I just want to go around the table and uh, introduce some of the folks we're going to be talking to today. And our topic today is Mexico. So directly to my radio left, I have Brian, and I have Tim, and I have Sean, and Brandon, and Matt, and Andy, and Mac, although I got to call you Chris, but I'll call you Mac, and John, and Pat. So we have a huge crew here today, and we're all going to sit and chat a little bit about Mexico. And also off, off mic, we have Jenny, who is patiently waiting in the wings and catching up on her email. So let's get started with this. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys because herping in Mexico is one of the coolest things that I get to do, or it's been a privilege for me to come down here and come down here many times, and I don't think I've missed a year since 2011. I think, I, I think I've been down here 11 times, so it's been, it's been great, and uh, many of the people that we'll be talking to today I've been down here with uh, on numerous occasions. And uh, I thought it was important to talk about what it's like to herp down here because many people have doubts about what it's like to come to Mexico. And, you know, there's all kinds of scary stuff in the news media. And, of course, a lot of that stuff gets hyped up and things. And, of course, as most of you know, to travel anywhere, you know, most people are just people like the people back home, really. I'll start off first. Um, Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, on herping in Mexico in particular? Well, I think the first time we came down, it was in 2011, like you said, we came down to Sonora and uh, none of us had any experience down in Mexico and we just flew by the seat of our pants and tried to uh, explore some new roads, new areas and find uh, some new species that we wanted to photograph and uh, I think an addiction was born then. I had been to Mexico previously, but that was my first uh, going deep trip and um, I've done three to five trips a year since then. And uh, it's been wonderful. It's, uh, the Mexican people are warm and friendly, and I think we've, we've developed some real bonds. Um, the Herp MX team, got to give a shout out to them. Great guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Tim. So, uh, you know, you're one of, the, one of the old hands down here now. I also I want to pass it over here, the mic over here to John, who is, this is his first trip to Mexico, and I'd like to get your, your thoughts on 
And uh, Baja Sur is a good place to start. So what's on your mind? Uh, Mexico has always been kind of a dream, a place that I wanted to come and herb. But to be honest, I've always been afraid to come down here. Uh, the things you hear in the news, uh, it's just a dangerous place. The police are bad. The cartel are bad. But coming down here has just been an amazing experience. I can't thank you guys enough for including me in this group. Met a couple new people here, some old friends. Uh, just as Tim said, I have to echo that anytime I go outside of the country, for some reason I've got this perspective that people hate Americans. But it's totally the opposite. The Mexican people are very warm, great people, welcoming, uh, helpful. You pull over on the side of the road, they stop to make sure that everything's okay. And then they're amazed that you're playing with snakes on the side of the road. <laughs> so uh, it is really kind of a dream come true. I think that Baja is probably the best place to start. Uh, just so beautiful. Still don't know about the mainland of Mexico, but hopefully that'll be in the future. Yeah, how's the food and how's the herbs? Tim said we would have tacos. <laughs> and we definitely have had tacos. I'd probably eaten a hundred tacos. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, the food has been wonderful. Uh, the seafood, you know, going along the ocean, just amazing. Uh, the food, the people, the beauty. Driving that coastline up north is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So, and then the snakes. Uh, some of the herping wasn't the easiest, uh, but it never is. Uh, but we saw almost everything there is to see here from a snake perspective and beautiful lizards. Thank you, John. So, Andy, why don't you give us some of your perspectives? You've been to a number of places in Mexico. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about that. You've been not only to Baja, but you've been to uh, a few. Tell us some of the other places you visited here and give us a little perspective on that. Yeah. Um, my first Mexico experience was uh, was Baja Sur. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I thought, like, the old school herpetologists that went out to desert islands was never going to be a thing. And turns out you can come down here and hop on a boat and go to an island and see really cool endemic species that not very many other herpers are ever going to go see. So I was hooked right from the get-go. Um, I think my second trip was the Yucatan. Uh, we went all over the place. And, and like what everyone's saying so far, it's the culture, the food, the people is so inviting and welcoming and I can't count on maybe one or two occasions where I felt a little sketched out but we were places that no tourist is ever going to go and maybe we're the only herpers that have gone there so uh yeah um as far as the safety side of it goes Tim and GJ and Mac and I like we've driven over the entire northern states some of the central states we've done the entire baja peninsula on a couple of occasions now it's been fantastic i'm looking forward to visiting new states in mexico to try regional food variations and see new species with a bunch of awesome guys i can't get enough of mexico i need more pesos <laughs> but which part which part of you what's your been your favorite so far which area that's really hard um I'd be torn right now between some of the islands we've visited and southern Sonora. Mm. Um, that Alamos region is beautiful. But, I mean, we had some great experiences in the mountains and the Yucatan's 
definitely no slouch. So I don't think I could pinpoint one. I could give you a list of like my top three right now. But Well, that, that just tells me you've had a great time no matter where you go here. Yeah, I think I've done eight, eight or nine trips to Mexico now. And so I've done all of Baja a couple times, the Yucatan, and most of northern Mexico now. So it's time to venture south, see some volcanoes and uh, mole. And, mole, yes. Yeah, some... I, I, one of the things that it's interesting about Baja is even though you're it's pretty wild and rough out here, but I've had phone service for an inordinate n- amount of time on this trip, even down here in the southern Cape in Cabo area. Pretty much I have cell phone service all the time. And then when we hit the, the towns or get close to the towns, it gets cell service again. So it's not like you're cut off right. uh, from the rest of the world while you're down here. It's not like going to the rainforest in Peru. But you can be if you want. So yeah, the service outside of towns isn't fantastic, but it's really easy to put my phone on silent and forget when I do and don't have service down here. Yeah, and I think it's funny because during this trip, a bunch of people are like, what, it's Saturday? <laughs> I don't know what day it was. So you kind of kind of forget that stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, thanks. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the mic over to Brian and, and ask him about since Brian is our resident uh, rattlesnake guru here, and he's that's his chief interest, and I, I thought maybe we get your perspective on on the rattlesnakes down here and rattlesnakes anywhere that you've seen them in uh, Mexico. Yeah, the first trip that I came down here is with with Tim, and we drove many thousands of miles across the whole central Mexican plateau, and I don't know how many species we saw, um, and there were some that I had not heard of just because there was there was not enough time to research the amount of things that we're going to see and the amount of diversity that's down here and, and understand that the bulk of, of rattlesnake diversity is here. And this is where it started. And if you live in the United States and you love rattlesnakes, you don't understand them until you get a chance to see where they came from and um, how that whole thing played out. So it's been a real eye opener for me when I came, I read the, uh, uh, there's a little, a small book from uh, Campbell that I read on, on the plane on the way down, and it was a lot of words. And then when I was going back up, I read the same book on the plane back, and it all made sense. All the habitat, all the description of, of species that don't really make, uh, didn't make sense on the way down. So it's just been, I mean, when you, when you first start herping, I remember in Arizona that sense of um, just driving off into the dark and not knowing exactly where you're going. I didn't have a camera. You're a little bit nervous. You don't really know what you're going to find. It's harder and harder to find that around home. It's hard. And that's, that's the thing that I miss. And when you're down here, it instantly snaps into it. You're driving off into some place that you're not really sure what you're going to see or what's going to happen. Um, but it's going to be great. And um, that's, that's how I feel the whole time I'm down here. So I, there's a lot there's a lot of rattlesnakes down here. I got to see, yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole door. The door, the doors got blown off on the, the future. So, so what do you, you know, just sort of feeds the fire for uh, the remaining species? Um, well, all the stuff that we didn't see on that first trip, uh, transversus was one that's that's hard, and and um, just going there and checking and trying to look for it a few times was um, was enough to to make it a, one of those. A, a mission, you know, a life mission that you're never going to be happy until, you know. And then there's just the amount of diversity that's still being discovered every year. That that list of things I haven't seen gets bigger and bigger, faster 
then things are being knocked down. So it's, there's, a, there's an exponential um, list of things to do here that, uh, that there's just not enough time in a lifetime to, to really address fully. What's the one, is there one that just stands out that just one species of rattlesnake that just blew you away? Salvani, Salvani, the Omotlin rattlesnake. We saw that one, and it was it's a, it's the only tattoo I have on my body is this snake. When Hector flipped a rock, and we looked at it, and then it did a bunch of stuff that is not rattlesnake stuff. It stood up and hooded and then gaped, and like I don't know what you are, but you're beautiful, and I love you, <laughs> and I'm going to take some pictures of you, and I'm going to come back and find more of you. Sort that was a proto crotalus. He was just a he's a weirdo. <laughs> and I love it. And it was bright green eyes and a red head with a black. It's just, it's just awesome. It's the coolest rattlesnake I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And I've seen a lot of rattlesnakes, and that's, that's you know, most of the time, if someone asks you what are your five top favorite songs, you have to sit there and think for a long time. And then in the car later, you're like, oh, I shouldn't. No, that's, that's, that's probably it. the coolest rattlesnake I've ever seen in my life, hands down. Wow. It's all downhill from here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> There's a lot of hills in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good, very good. Over here on my right, radio right, is Pat. Give me, give me your perspective. You've been down here a few times, uh, but you have other interests too besides just, just the herbs. Um, and perhaps today you're, you're going to indulge in one of those. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Sure, scuba diving. <clears throat> so, yeah, I love the herbs. Um, I love the experience in Mexico. I think the thing that I like the most is, is just so much diversity. And you just don't know what you're going to find. So I think my favorite memory uh, was actually on my first trip. We're down in the Yucatan, which is, is kind of like Bajas. It's pretty safe. What's not safe is we're out road cruising, and first snake we catch, oh, that's a coral snake. And we catch another one, and it looks completely different. There's another coral snake. And so after finding a bucket load of coral snakes, uh, my friend and I, Armin, or my young, you know, you know him. Um, yep, we're out there, and um, we come across the milk snake, and we both get out, and we got it in our sights, and it's right in front of us, and and we hesitate, and when <laughs> I look at him, he looks at me, and I'm like, "Are you sure it's a milk snake?" And he's like, "Yeah." Are you sure it's a milk snake? And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Who's gonna grab it?" <laughs> and it's just a big pause, and then it takes off and does its, you know takes a you know beeline for the side of the road and we both jump on it but it was that hesitation because you know it's uh yeah it's just yeah. you just don't know and yeah it's you have you, know, you should always be careful when you're not in the united states because coral snakes don't look like coral snakes they look like other things yeah and you, and you don't get that back versa. home yeah. yeah you definitely don't get that back home because you know everything and and so coming to baja i didn't do any research this time you know so some of those you know most of the trips you know, I looked to see what, what's there, what I'm going to find. I did not look at anything here because I wanted to be surprised. And were you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, the speckles down here are just, yeah, kind of blew me away. Speckled rattlesnakes. Yeah. And the enyos, which um didn't realize that was going to be one of my top probably five. Yeah, it's a really cool snake. Very pretty. It's a, it's just a different looking rattlesnake. Kind of um, like a sidewinder, but kind of like... Almost like a Massasauga, the way its head looks and things like that. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful little snake. Um, and, and, you know, not too small. But in addition to that, I like that, you know, you can go to the beach and, uh, you know, cool off, take, take a dip, 
go to a barrier island and uh, swim around and look at the fish there. Um, hopefully, I'm going to do some scuba diving later. You know, it's just a lot to do in addition to what we classically do, you know, looking for herbs. Right. So there's a lot, a lot of other fun that you can have. Well, it's kind of good to, to build in a little extra time to, to do those things, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, because this place is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. It's a little hot, <laughs> but I'm kind of used to it. since. But there's tacos. There's tacos, lots of tacos, <laughs> and lots of good tacos. I'm going to miss... I'm going to miss the tacos. For I sure. had like a year's worth of Taco Tuesdays on this trip. Yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think next we're going to pass the microphone or the talking stick, as we like to call it, over to Matt Cage. Tell us a little bit about um, not just your experiences down here, Matt, but uh, maybe what, what you count as being a highlights in terms of herps or areas and things like that. I mean, you've been coming down here quite often, too. Especially to Baja, I think you come to Baja more, perhaps more than anywhere else. Yeah, I've spent more time. I've spent more time in Baja than anywhere else in Mexico over my my course. I love it down here. Uh, this is a great place to vacation and herp and do a combination of the two. So it's just a great place to come. The food, the culture, uh, the scenery. I mean, it's just incredible where the desert meets the sea. And, uh, you know, pick your time of year and you can come and it's actually green down here uh, in the desert. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, as far as the, herp, the herps go, what's, you know, what do you find most interesting or what's been the best experience for you? So I'm sort of a generalist. I like to find everything. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a snake guy. I'm a lizard guy, frog guy, anything. I get excited about really any herp. Um, I had a, a couple white whales that I have knocked off the list in uh, in Mexico. Uh, the biggest one, uh, Baja related, would be uh, the Swaytak gecko, uh, the barefoot gecko. Why uh, do they call it the barefoot gecko? Because that, as uh, one of my uh, buddies on Twitter said, that implies that other geckos wear shoes. Yeah, I, I've, I'll, I'll look. I'll look from now on <laughs> and see if I can find any. Maybe shoes. you maybe you can ask. Mr. Switek. Oh, I will. I, I communicate with him, so yeah. I, I will. I'll ask him. Because so. I don't know the answer to that. I'm kind of curious myself. So. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, wonderful lizard. Um, I have searched for it all over Baja, where, where they live, uh, as well as into the United States and California. And I struck out many, many, many times and came down here a couple of years ago and finally broke the seal and got a couple. Um, and then uh, we lucked out and got a couple more this trip. Actually, we saw four, I think. So it was great, great trip, uh, incredible. And that's a wonderful lizard, and they're not easy to find. Just a lot of fun to, to search for. And That was a quest. It was a quest, and I feel satisfied. And you know what? Now that I broke the seal, I want to go back. I'll, I'd, go, I'd drive back there tonight and go back up and search for more. So. You better leave right after this interview. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a long way. It is a long way. <laughs> yeah. And the roads down here aren't necessarily – the roads connect towns, and the towns aren't, you know, ser serially located on roads. It's the other way around. Yeah, if you look at the map, the roads don't – really go from a direct point from point a to point b you know you meander around mountains and yeah there's some mount there's some huge mountains that cannot be conquered by highways yep and you got to go around them and uh you know the bays you have to go around bays and you know so what looks like not too far of a drive can often take twice what you think it's going to take and where else in mexico would you like to go 
Um, I've spent, I mean, I've actually been through most of Mexico. I've traveled to Mexico uh, since the 80s, actually. I used to come to, uh, you know, I spent time in northern Baja uh, in the 80s growing up. Um, and in the 90s, really, it turned to the herping. And uh, I spent, I used to come down with my dad and we'd go, we actually went all the way down the west coast of Mexico uh, all the way down to Extapa. It was a long drive, and it was different then than it is now. But uh, So I've traveled to Mexico. I've been all through uh, pretty much the entire country. There's, I'd love to spend more time south. I've definitely spent more time north than south, and I just I need to get spend more time in the tropical range, regions and the high mountains and the, um, and the volcano region. And um, also, I need to spend some more time on the, on the east coast of Mexico. So, but, Very uh, good. It's beautiful. Very good. And now I'm going to pass this microphone over to Mac, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences. For me in, in Mexico, it, uh, it's not only about the herbs. It's about the other things that you get to see when you're out there, the sites, whether it's mine ruins or, you know, the beaches. And it's just the whole scenery, the intake of everything that has to do with herping. When I come down here, I have a set goal in my mind of certain species that I want to find. And I look for those and it becomes easier to find them once you do a little bit of homework before you leave. I think one of the, one of the great, I have two really good experiences in Mexico. I mean, they're all been really good, but uh, when we toured the mainland in Mexico and did our montane rattlesnake hunts, it was an amazing venture going after all the montanes that you could possibly get in the tour. And, um, that one, that trip was the one that worried me the most as far as safety goes. And it, you know, I really, I never felt insecure on that trip whatsoever. I felt like we had, we did a good trip and it was easy to do. And having a Willard eye with their babies was fantastic that night. So you, you came across a female Willard eye that, uh, which, which subspecies? Maria and Alice. 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 And she had just given birth. Yep. Still hanging out. And still hanging out. It's a fantastic thing. And probably, you know, the sewer is always going to be one of my favorite places. Every time I come down here, it's it doesn't matter what I find. And uh, we had a little whale on there to get that uh, black king last night. And uh, it was a fantastic find way to, for us. We're heading home today, but it was a heck of a last snake for the trip for so us. So describe a little bit what we're talking about here with this black king snake. It's, the king snakes down here are technically considered California king snakes, cow kings, systematically, but they're they're vastly different. Right. It, there's the variation of the, the coloration pattern, and the snake is just almost a solid black with some golding pattern on it, and it's just in a certain area you can, you can get them, and we actually finally got one last night, and we got three as a group which was the king snake night. Which doesn't always happen. Yep. Yeah. They're a little elusive. And, you know, when we were in the Yucatan, um, that whole trip was amazing. Um, we found so many herbs on that trip, and the sites were beautiful. Whether Ekbalam, going to the Mayan ruins of Ekbalam, or Chichen Itza, uh, it was chicken pizza. Chicken pizza. And then... You know, Andy in here, we, we closed out our trip with a little whale that we really wanted to find, and we ended up finding the red-eyed tree frogs, which we had been looking for all trip. And I still remember driving along the road, and uh, when we see the first red-eyed tree frog, it was amazing. 
he's walking across and looking like a monkey crawling across the road, and you're like, oh my, walking frog, that's him. You know what it was. Turned out we got about 10 of them that night in that same little stretch of area, but it was... It required rain, though. Yep, a little bit of little bit of mist is all we had, and that's all it took. Yeah, all of all of Mexico is an amazing venture for for us, and there are experiences that, whether it has to do with herping or sightseeing, everybody should be doing it. Well, Yucatan is Yucatan is really good for that because the, the typical tourist uh, ruins like Chichen Itza, which is out in the open, chicken pizza, whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, then you have more remote ruins that you can go to. Like I'm thinking of uh, Calakmul. We went down south to Calakmul, and you can climb up the pyramid there, and you get above the trees, and then you see other little temples sticking out of the forest. It's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's how Ekbalam was when Andy and I went to that one. We were amazed that they let us go up on the up on the temples itself, and I was like, "Wow, these are." This is a way better experience than going to the big conglomerate sites that all the tourists go to. And you go to the real private ones when there's very little people around. It's an amazing... Yeah, they, those haven't been sanitized for your protection. <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're not. They're, the jungle's growing right up to them. But even, Ch- even Chichen Itza, you can find lots of herbs there. Yep. You know, uh, which is cool. And, you, and birds. The birds there were great. We got the motmots and the, the, little, the little falcons they have there. I can't, but anyway, yeah, it's... So you have things to do during the day, and then you go road cruising at night. So it's yep. a full schedule. Well, we haven't heard from Radio Left on the far end of the table, where we have Sean and Brandon sitting. And uh, why don't you guys, first of all, uh, Brandon, uh, this is your first trip to Mexico as well. Yeah. And uh, we interviewed uh, you and your mom and dad a little bit on for another show. Uh, and uh, I know you've had a pretty good time uh am i understating that or yeah yeah for sure okay you've had some exciting moments you want to talk a little bit about that uh you did get your hands on a neonate barefoot gecko colionic swatakai which was a pretty cool experience and i'm pretty sure you are the only junior high going into high school dude who has ever caught a colionic swatakai so you're in a very small club my friend very small so you want to talk about what do you want to talk about? What's what's been the best thing for you down here? Um, so the herbs are are great, and also the food is really good. I also I love eating tacos. Did you day. eat anything else besides tacos? Yeah, I had some Little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. See, folks, it's not all bad. You can come down here and get Little Caesars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very good. All right. And, uh, yeah. and last night we had a really, uh, what I would call a very snaky night last night. Yeah, we did. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. All right. So got to a wash to look for some garter snakes, and we were hiking up the wash, not having much luck. So I was walking on the left side of the water along the water side, and I see this black snake on the side of the water from like 15 feet away or so. So I'm like, oh, it's a garter snake. So I got up closer, and... I saw that it was a king snake, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because it, it was like pitch black. <laughs> was it? Was it really like, "Whoa!" Or was it exactly. like, "Whoa!" Tell me, tell like, me which one is more like, accurate. It was like in between. Oh, okay. I was like, it was like a confused happy. Okay. <laughs> but okay. so I grabbed the king snake, and I was looking at it, and 
The head was very cool. It was completely black. There was not any pigment of white or anything on there. And then down the back, there was a dark gold stripe that would go and then disconnect and then keep going. And it had some notches in between those. Pretty funky. Yeah, it was a weird-looking snake. So when I found that, we got a couple of pictures. and You know, that's a small club, too, finding that snake. So <laughs> Yeah, so we got that, and... On the way out, me, me and my dad and my mom, we were just driving up the road, and we, in the middle of town, we see another king snake just crossing the road. It was going pretty fast, so we had to just hop out and grab it. It was also a very dark one. It was a little bit bigger than the first one. It was very cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's hear from your dad now. Welcome back to the microphone, Sean. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me here. So... Your experience, we talked about your experiences down here a little bit, but uh, wrapping up the trip, you guys go home today. Yeah, and, unfortunately uh, we do. <laughs> yeah. How's it been? Oh, this this trip has been great. Um, I, I love Mexico, um, and I've been to multiple places of Mexico now, herping, and made quite a few trips now. I think my first trip herping in Mexico was also your first trip herping in Mexico. Was that in 2011? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I was on that trip with uh, you and Tim and a group of other really good herpers, and and ever since then it's like some others have echoed. It's been an addiction. Um, I think I've made a trip to Mexico, at least one trip every year since then as well, uh, in different locations. And this is my second uh, time to Baja, sir, and it always delivers. The food is something that I think about in between times coming here since the first time is wanting to go back and, and get the tacos. Uh, <laughs> it uh, always comes back to tacos. It does. It comes back to tacos. <laughs> Baja has the best tacos. Indeed. Anywhere. Yeah. Just the local flair on them. It's, it's just something else. It's something I kind of dream about when I'm not here outside of the herbs. I mean, the herbs bring me back, but the tacos keep me here. <laughs> he dreams of tacos. And, uh, yeah, the food in, in Baja Sur, I would say, is the best of the of the Mexican um, localities I've been, been to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the herbs here are fantastic. It, there's a large variety. The One of my favorite things about herping Mexico is uh, back in the States, I'm always thinking, man, I wished I could have herped 50 to 100 years ago in, in these areas before, what do you call it, the uh, progression of, you know, the world and, and, and especially in the United States with development and things and things get buried under concrete. And, yes, they do. And, and asphalt and just overdeveloped in certain areas that were historically very good places to herp. In Mexico, I kind of feel like it is taking a step back 50 years in some of the areas. Of course, not the touristy areas, but... Yeah, that's get, not to say that Mexico is 50 years behind No, us. it's, it's just, not. No, not at all, actually. I know but that's just, not what you meant, but I want no. to make sure before the angry cards and letters come right. rolling into the show. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to make clear. Is I'm not saying they're back that way, but the herping seems like it is. Because yeah. there's, there's less herpers there's down less here. There's less development, too. And less development. And and the small towns are still small towns. So you can go outside of the tourist areas, outside of the cities, and it's still very wild. And and still there's villages and, you know, they're up to speed with technology and all of those things. But the outlands in the um, forests 
are very wild still. There's still a lot to be discovered in Mexico. Um, yeah, as we know. And Yes, and that, that is what I was trying to come across, and not to say that Mexico's 56 sure. years behind, because <laughs> yeah. they're not. They're no. very modern here. Yeah, um, they are. And the people are fantastic. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot to love about Mexico. The first time I came herping here in 2011 with you, I was nervous, to be honest. I didn't know what to expect. I'd been to Mexico as a family before when I was younger, and then all of the you know, the media and all of stuff like that, it really made it seem like it was a very scary place. So I was, I was fairly nervous going to Mexico. Yeah, um, I was as well. Uh, yeah. that, that first trip I had, because, you know, your, your big source of information is media, and media is never going to tell you how many wonderful people are here. They're going to tell you yeah. all the, the bad things that happen. You know, just, we, we can't whitewash that. There, you know, Mexico does have some problems. and mm-hmm. uh, But there's plenty of places you can come and stay away from that. Yeah, just like the United States, there's plenty of places that have problems there. Um, right. Yeah, and I don't see that being a whole lot different here for the most part. Um, yeah, the people are very warm, very welcoming. You get a smile from you know, people as you, you wave. You go through a small town, and, and they're gathered around in groups of friends and family. And, uh, you know, you drive by, and they honk or they That's wave at you. That's one of the things I like when yeah. we, we travel. You know, you're traveling sometimes at dusk, and you travel through a town, and the folks aren't all sitting in their houses watching television. They're out. They, they gather in the square. You know, they socialize. They get out and, and they uh, hang mm-hmm. out together. And uh, you see basically all of the town are sitting out there. Yes, it's very, uh, yeah, very social environment here. It's different. It, it used to be like that back home. and But it seems like it's gone to a little different. Yeah, here it's still everybody's still together and still gathers together in their villages and then their in their cities and their centrals and central areas and gather and they have parties and they celebrate life and it's just wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's my experience here. Cool. Well, thanks, John. And so I'm gonna just open this up. We'll see who can answer these questions. But uh, how does one get around in Mexico? What's the process for? You fly down to Cancun or you fly down to Cabo. How do you do it down here? What's what's the process? Talk a little bit about that, someone? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Thanks, um, Andy. You know, I think uh, a common concern or misconception, uh, just out of courtesy, is whether or not you can speak Spanish. That's the first thing that came to my mind. And I remember two years of high school Spanish from 20 years ago. And it was enough to get directions, food, and common courtesies, but I can't hold a conversation with somebody. But um, this trip's a great example. Um, Mac and I flew in a little bit later than you guys, and we picked up Pat. He had some hurricane problems, and he landed the same day as us. That's a hardcore herper right there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I was really surprised and happy that he was able to make it. Um, but yeah, we, we booked our airfare a couple of months ago. It was inexpensive. Uh, we reserved a car, way inexpensive. Anyone that's rented a car in America versus Mexico, like you'd be surprised at the price. And um, we seem to gravitate towards a particular type of car, uh, except for, you know, Brian's got his big Jeep. Yeah, right, but, yeah. We but somehow ended up with the, the fleet of Jettas. Um, <laughs> Which like, are great little road Like Skittles, cars. all different colors. Yeah. Yeah, we had all the colors of Mexico here. Um, we did. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you need your passport. Flew in. 
We landed, you go through uh, customs and immigration, you fill out your card on the plane actually, so it speeds the process up, get your bags like any other flight in America, you walk outside and they've got all these guys selling tours and hotel experiences and things like that, and we find our shuttle for our rental car, we picked up the car, stopped at a Walmart to get uh, some camping supplies and food and drinks, and then we drove ten and a half hours straight to meet you guys in the field in... uh, Santa Rosalia area, so Oof. it was uh, <clears throat> the only rough part on it, honestly, because we've driven 10 plus hours multiple times for herping trips, was the last time I was here seven years ago, you were tripping over snakes. The weather was really good, it rained every day, and then got hot again, it was humid, and there was always snakes on the road. We drove 980 kilometers, which is 600-something miles and we saw three dead rattlesnakes, one of which got hit. We pulled over and it was alive and a truck came up the road at us uh. and we couldn't save it. So 600 miles of driving in Baja without a live snake is unheard of. It just doesn't happen, but it happened to us the first night. But It's I mean, not always like that, though. No. But you but pay your money and you take your chances. The, the only risk of driving in Mexico at night, in my opinion, the biggest risk is the cows. There's there's free range cattle and some of them are jet black and your headlights just don't light them up until they're right there. And when you're going through the towns, pay attention to the signs because they have this funny little sign with a little speed bump and a car going over it. That's a speed bump in America is in a parking lot. They have topes and it's a launching ramp (laughs) if you do not slow down and you will wreck a car quick on either a tope or a cow. So... Yeah, if you miss, if it's a good tope, which is a half circle in, in shape, right? It looks like right. a serpentine half circle. If it's a good one and you miss it, everything in your car is airborne. Yep. And, uh, Including you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and your cooler. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I remember that we were in, the last time I was in Yucatan, I was with, in a car with Tim and Matt, and Matt had a pineapple. <laughs> and Matt was going to stay a few days at the resort and he wanted to take this pineapple that he bought to the resort so he could make some pineapple drinks and uh, that pineapple was up on the front and we hit a tope at high speed and that thing was airborne and of course smacked me right in the head and so we have a rule now no more pineapples, no pineapples. in the car no pineapples in topes <laughs> because a flying pineapple is a lethal thing I'll yeah you, you mentioned right the good ones there's some bad ones where they're round on the side that you can see, and then someone had taken a jackhammer to the opposite side, and you fall off a cliff. Uh, there was a lot of those in the Yucatan. It's not as bad out here. And we have, we have some names for various topes. That's right. That's T-O-P-E, by the way. Right. So we have topes, and then the really bad ones are like wopes. Wopes. And then they have some that are just painted stripes. They're, they fake you out. And we call them faux and. And there's oh hell no pays and I can't remember we had a bunch more but uh, yeah so that was fun. Uh, so go ahead, Brian. That's I'm on that topic too. I just kind of help like advice for anyone that's coming down for the first time that I think some people would have a harder time than others is just to realize that you're visiting so that uh, you have to let. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's not going to go exactly as planned, which is a little different. And if you get frustrated at that kind of thing, it's going to be harder to do it. Your reservation is not going to be as planned. The price might be different. The car that you reserved online is not going to be the car that you get. Sometimes you're going to order food and something else will show up. You just got to 
you got to roll with it and you'll have a good time and just realize that's that's just how things are you, you can't you can't uh you can't carrying it up down here when you get here or else you're gonna have <laughs> it's gonna be real frustrating carrying it up yeah. baja is very laid back don't, don't be a karen okay. right yeah. you need to yeah. be laid back and be with the baja culture yeah. um, driving around the towns for an american driver that's never been in another country in a car before can be a little scary stop signs aren't really stop signs there <laughs> is anyone coming signs they're more of guidelines they're, 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 there's a lot of driving guidelines yielding is basically who's more aggressive <laughs> But it's, I mean, we don't see a lot of car accidents, though. They get it. They have a yeah. system, and it works great. Well, I, just I said this, I've said this blend before. In. It's not that we do things better in the United it's States different. or in other countries, depending on where you're from. It's just different. It, they have a different system of doing things, and it still works. The bills get paid. People get to work. Everything works. It's just a little different. I love driving in Mexico because I get to drive how I want to drive <laughs> in America without any police pulling me over and giving me tickets and if they do pull you over sometimes you don't get anything sometimes <laughs> you have a conversation and well then you, get you should go. probably obey the laws when you're in a town though yes <laughs> yes let's clarify that because but know. sometimes you see nobody else obeying them and so you get caught up in the mix you're trying to blend in and before you know it you're going a little bit faster than everyone else you guys know the car i have i have a heavy foot so <laughs> And my wife hates when I come back from Mexico for about a week. It takes a little while to get yes. used to driving again. So you're like, you know, passing in the median around a corner. She's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm just, you got to shake it off, you know? Turn lane is not a passing lane. There's no such thing as a two-lane highway in Mexico. Yeah, it's just road. Because somebody is going to pass somebody and run right down the middle of the road and expect you to move off to the shoulder a little bit and make way. And that's that's just how they do things here. Okay, so I'm going to go around the table because uh, because tacos is the, the key ingredient for coming here, and then herping is all incidental. I'm going to ask everyone here to tell me their favorite taco and then why. We'll see what we get with this. We may get some unusual responses. So, Brian, go ahead. Uh, El Pastor. They serve it in the United States in some places. It's not what it is. It's... It's very different. So down here, it's this smoky pork flavor. It's just awesome. And uh, what's the key to pastor? What is the uh, difference between a pork taco and an El Pastor taco? Uh, and I might be getting this wrong, but if you, when you are driving by a place and you see that weird meat tornado that someone keeps <laughs> pour, squirting juice on that looks like it's been in the sun for a long time. It's, it, it's not a gyro. I'm not a gyro shop. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the good stuff. You know, it's kind of... You can't tell if it's better if it's older and weirder or worse, but you don't care. You just eat it and hope for the best you know, most of the time. I get excited when I see the pig tornado. Yeah, the pig, the pig tornado, that's the that's the sign of good stuff. All right, Tim? Uh, I love shrimp and the marlin tacos, but it's pastor for me as well. When they have the pineapple on top and those juices drip down in there, uh, you can never go wrong with that. Okay, so we've got two pastors. Sean, tell us. Gonna make it three on the pastor. The pastor, you can't can't beat it for me either. It's fantastic. Love it. And you would like to have those at home, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, but they don't have it like that. You're it's gonna, different. You're gonna have to work on that. I'll I'll have to create my own pink tornado. Pink tornado. Pink tornado. <laughs> no, right. it's the same. It, yeah. It's actually pink, and it's a pig. Okay, so. It's a pink, pink tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <Yeah. clears throat> Very good. 
I really like the pastor and asada, but I'd have to go with pastor too. Pastor? Yeah, because it's just great. I don't know what else to say. Now I'm going to get a different answer. So I'm, What's up, Matt? I'm the guy who orders one of everything because I like to try everything. And uh, Oh, so you get the Dalai Lama special. Yeah, so uh, that's me. And so I'll often end up with six tacos that are all different. And uh, I mean, I love pastor tacos, so I'm right in the crowd. But Marlin, shrimp, carne asada, arachara, lenge, you name it, I'll, I'll eat it. Probably my favorite is camarones, uh, so shrimp, shrimp, taco. shrimp, marinated shrimp, butter in there. Whew. Good stuff. Lobster, too. If you can find lobster tacos, order them. Get them. Multiple. Andy? Yeah, I'm, I'm of the Del Mar crowd. Um, give me tacos pescados or tos, tacos camarones, so fish or shrimp. And I'll usually get a couple of each at the start just to see which is better that day because every place down here is getting the catch of the day. So you, you almost guaranteed it's fresh because everywhere we go is within spitting distance of the ocean. So That is a good point, which makes the seafood tacos extra yeah, special. Yeah, when, when we're mainland, uh, then yeah, I go with, uh, I like arachera. I like that skirt steak. So it's just a little more tender than the asada. And I like yeah. that. But uh, down here, I had a goal to eat seafood every day. I only missed one day. We were at a place that only served asada and pastor. And it's not a problem, but I didn't meet my quota. <laughs> um, this is getting serious. I don't want to break the taco chain, but the best thing I've ever eaten was a chili relleno with plantains and uh, raisins or uh, past grapes, as we now call them. <laughs> the, the waitress was trying to explain in English what a raisin was. She didn't know the word. But she said something, and Tim goes, uh, she said, make, made with wine. And Tim goes, grapes. She goes, yes, but um, past grapes? <laughs> he goes, raisins. She's like, oh, yeah, raisins. It was the most amazing dish ever. I gave each of them a bite, and I, I literally ate it half speed because I wanted to enjoy it that much longer. I was, I was uh, taking bites and then stopping. They're like, are you full? I'm like, no, I just I need to savor this. Were there tears rolling down your there, cheek? There might have been if I... <laughs> wasn't so dehydrated <laughs> but yes it was the best dish i've ever had but tacos are still in the corazon <laughs> okay mac well for me i love all the tacos but my favorite tacos are from the local haunt of gus's don't know what it is about that place here in cabo but he serves up the best tacos namely the asada and the lenge tacos the tongue are so amazing and one of the best things about that place is that they have the pickled onions and i just shower it with pickled onions and pico and the array of hot sauces you have to fix onto it it's a place that i think about at least 50 60 times a year when i'm not here <laughs> boy i could use some gus's tacos right now <laughs> okay very good i'm officially hungry <laughs> john I have yet to have a bad taco. Somehow I missed the tongue ones. But my favorite were the uh, tequila shrimp at the brewery in Loretto. Just a great flavor. Uh, we went there a couple times. I had that both times. And I'm a seafood guy, and I really enjoyed those. Uh, I can't but, wait to try to make those. <laughs> best of luck. <laughs> but, yes, all of the tacos have been wonderful. And I think that's what we ate 90% of the time. And that's not a complaint. That was exceptional. Pat. Um, I'd like to try them all. 
Um, typically, I'll order three or four tacos and get one of each just to see. And I found it really just depends on where you're at. So at Gus's, I find the chicken is the best. Whereas when we were in uh, Santa Rosalia, the El Pastor was, was just excellent. That's the best I've ever had. And so it really just depends. And I, I find that the little, the little tiny roadside taco joints just have amazing food. You know, it's, everybody it's, puts their own spin on it. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, you, know, you might be hesitant the first time you, you order from a little roadside place. But you got to remember, if, if it was bad, they wouldn't be in business. Yes. And people, you know, you go there and there's lots, a line of people. And it's going to be good because the local people aren't going to. They're not going to eat it if it's not any good. Right? Yeah, so in generally the best-looking places don't necessarily have the best food. Yeah, and they may be tourist-oriented. Yeah, and it's it's different. You know, so you, know, you get authentic food in these little hole-in-the-walls, and it, it's just it's much better there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say that El Pastor goes a long way with me, especially the, the few places like that. I stopped at a roadside place. Church. Church bells are ringing. Either it's time for church or somebody's making a suit of armor. <laughs> I'm not sure what. No, that means they're executing somebody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Completely safe okay. here. Uh, yeah. Unless the bells ring. Execution. Unless you hear bells on that. So El Pastor is, is my favorite, but I, I did not bring myself to try the, the cow eyeball tacos. Although uh, I just couldn't do it. Uh, I've tried lots of foods in my life, but I I just couldn't get past the you know, those little calf eyes looking up at you. It was just, it was just like, <laughs> pass. No, pass. Pass uh, well thanks everybody. You've been listening to Taco Talk and uh, <laughs> we'll turn it back to the herping uh, portion of our interview. Any any last statements or words mac you've got something to tell our listening audience i just want to say if you do trips like this one of the best things you can do is take the trips with some of your closest friends and people that are that can enjoy the time with you in all my trips to mexico all the people that i've taken trips with and i have to thank tim a lot for putting a lot of these trips on because he puts together a good crew and when you do that you have a heck of a lot more fun and you find the species that you're looking for whether you actually find the species or somebody in the group finds the species it's a team effort and that's one of the things that i love about coming down and meeting up with the, with the group of guys that i come with because the core group is always genuinely on the same page what we're all looking for and but they're all i noticed like with our core group we all do other things such as going to swim with whale sharks yeah. Going to snorkel and just have fun. It's not all about the herping. But when you have a core group of guys that want to do other things other than just go herping and discover what Mexico has to hold other than just the herps, it makes everything a much more pleasurable experience for for the trip. Well, that's well well said. And and we've we've done some other extracurricular activities, so to speak. Uh, the whale shark, uh, going to look snorkel with whale sharks off the northern coast of the Yucatan Peninsula is, was uh, quite an experience. Uh, and, of course, that's that's sort of taking a day off with from herping. Uh, but we also saw sea turtles. We snorkel with sea turtles, so the herps are back in. So, uh, But it's definitely something different, and and uh, it's something that's there for the taking. So you, you, should, you should do that. You should do that stuff. 
Yep, and it's just I love the core group of guys that we go with. I look forward to seeing my friends and everything when I go out on these trips. And that's what I would hope for anybody that gets a group of their friends that does this. Cool. All right. Anybody else have something they want to add? I don't know anywhere else that you can get a big bottle of Herador for 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Herador or Hair of the Dog? I didn't catch that. Herador. I think that bottle had you, Pat. <laughs> okay. it, it, it might have won that round. They do, they do have good tequila down here, yes. So, Well, I want to thank everybody for coming on the show today. And it's been a pleasure to go around this country with a number of you on a number of trips. And I'm, I'm glad to be in Mexico with you all uh, once again. And I look forward to more exciting trips. And I, I hope part of what we've done here is... is um, take away a little bit of the uh, doubt that people might have for coming here. You can do this, folks, and uh, try not to get more than three people in a car. If you have a rental car, that's another good thing because you'll get a little crowded. And, you know, after um, after uh, 10 days of road cruising and traveling around in a car, uh, they get pretty stanky. And <laughs> so that that's something to think about. But, uh, you know, it's fun to come down. I don't think you need to know everything. When you do this, but as as folks have pointed out, you have to be open to the experience and you have to be flexible. Um, and that's kind of hard for me sometimes because I, you know, I, you know, some things I like to be the same. But uh, so you have to be able to say, okay, well, we're we're going to do this instead, and uh, we're not going to get to the place we thought we were going. Or oh my gosh, I'm not going to get my El Pastor tacos here. I'm going to have to eat shrimp tacos, and that's you know. So you have to sort of relax and enjoy yourself because you are on vacation anyway. And if it's too painful, it's not fun anyway, right? You've got to have, you know, you can endure some pain and some hardship, maybe not get enough sleep, but uh, at the same time, you know, you, you arrange it so you have some fun too. So, all right. Well, I'm getting a lot of nods around the table, so I, I think we've covered this topic. And once again, thanks so much to everybody for coming on the show. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again somewhere where it's really hot and there are tacos. All right. Say Walk goodbye, everyone. Thanks, Mike. Hey there. Well, I hope you enjoyed our roundtable discussion. Uh, there were a lot of chirping birdies and big hammers going and bursts of club music during our show, most of which I left on the cutting room floor, but, you know, you got to go with the flow when you travel, right? So I'm coming back on at the end of the show here to make a few extra points for those of you mulling over the possibilities. There are a couple destinations that I think are good starting points if you're interested in seeing what herping in Mexico is all about, and those are the Yucatan Peninsula and Baja Sur. Well, two peninsulas, really. And you can fly into the tourist cities, uh, Cancun in the Yucatan, or Cabo San Lucas down at the southern tip of Baja. But if you want to see more than just spiny-tailed iguanas and introduce geckos on the wall of your hotel, you need to get out of the tourist zone. So... Book a rental car and get out your map and plot some destinations in advance. And uh, it's good to remember that even a lot of the smaller towns have at least one good hotel. And both Baja and the Yucatan have great road cruising for both amphibians and reptiles at night. And there are plenty of things to do during the day. So brush off your Spanish. And of course, Google Translate is a very useful tool if you have phone service. And these days, lots of places have phone service in Mexico. And most of the folks you meet, as we've said, will be friendly and helpful. And 
both the Baja Peninsula and the Yucatan don't really have large issues with cartel violence. Of course you should be careful, but you should be careful anywhere. I mean, crime happens across the planet. So travel with a group, and like anywhere else you might go, be aware of your surroundings. And like anywhere else, you have to be careful driving at night. You know, make sure you don't block both lanes when you stop to look at a critter, and make sure you use your flashers. And keep an eye out for cows on the roads. That's something we really don't deal with in the U.S. much, but in Mexico there are a lot of cows on the roads. And keep an eye out for the dark ones, the brown and black cows, which seem to come out of nowhere. Those things can be freaky. So good luck, have fun, be safe, and let me know how you do. Well, that's it for episode 22. I want to thank the Mexico crew, Tim, Brian, Matt, Sean, Jenny, John, Pat, Andy, and Mac for sitting down with me for a fun conversation. And I hope to see you all in the field again soon. Don't forget, the Herp Jargon Project is winding down, so send me all the cool words and phrases that you and your friends use, and we'll get a show together. And I can't say it enough. I mean, thank you all for the comments, suggestions, and funny memes, and just the overall support for the show. I really appreciate it, and I love hearing from everyone. Just a couple more things before I go. You can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at SoMuchPingle.com. And you can join the So Much Pingle Facebook group. You can also email me directly at SoMuchPingle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, please take good care of yourselves. And don't forget to hurt better. <laughs>